Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. Looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons, joined by Katie Flower. UTHDynasty.com is where you can find additional premium podcast rankings, metrics, and the UTH trade calculator to have your best rookie draft, startup draft, and 2020, fingers crossed, NFL season. We're moving in that direction for your dynasty teams. And Katie, we are knee-deep in rookie draft season. Uh, Late April through the opening weeks of May, um, that is really where we live. That is where a majority of folks listening, a majority of us in the UTH uh, sphere, have our drafts as well. Every once in a while, you know, you got one that lingers into June or something in August, but primarily, this is where a heavy majority. So we've got those rookie draft data points flowing. We actually were talking before we pressed record a great deal about some of our rookie draft experiences, sharing war stories. Uh, We all have them. And one thing that I, I think turned into kind of a centerpiece or a theme, and I don't even think we it really includes players. And this is something I've been relaying. Uh, and again, if you want to support uh, even additional avenues of UTH exclusive content, it's at patreon.com slash UTH, uh, where we were talking you know, with some of the, the VIPs, a lot of the same theme, Katie, which is get your guys. And here's what I mean. Uh, and we can relate. And again, it, it can be any player. I'm not telling, we're not going to, you know, beat you over the head and say that it has to be the same players that are in our scope of quote unquote, get your guys. And what I mean by this is when you look at your draft plan, you know, and, and again, I do it geeky style with, with, um, Excel and I, you know, put big board, I customize the values. I put all my picks in there. I track, you know, what players are available every step of the way and all this type of, you know, stuff that I'm sure many people listening don't do it to that level. And that's fine. But what I mean is if you start out and you go, I got pick four, 16, 27, or, you know, 14, 18, whatever it is. But when you are stepping up to sort of think about that league and you automatically in a spot, you say, man, that spot is this player and I want him. When you go to a draft and consciously, subconscious, uh, you write it down, whatever, you know, we talked about on the napkin, right? You say, no matter what, (laughs) you know, player X, no matter what, if you have that mentality, uh, don't get cute. You know, this is the type of year that, yeah, there's a lot of great prospects. There's a lot of great players. But when one has an asterisk next to their name for you, especially in a certain range of the draft, do everything you can to get them. You know, if you really think that, man, I think they're next up. You know, there's a big drop between this player and the two or three other players that might go in this range. Explore trading up a couple spots. Uh, I think this is a year that, you know, trade back with a later pick this year. Can you give up, you know, a a non- uh, consequential pick next year. Uh, is there a player that maybe you can include where you're like, 
this, if this gets it done, I get my guy. And when I look back in two months, I feel much better about how I executed it. And, you know, trying to trade back a couple spots or again, just lock it up. And you know what? You sleep easier. You move on. You're not doing a, you know, a sweat in terms of, of getting your guy. And, and that's a theme, I think, of every startup draft, rookie draft. But here we are, rookie draft season. I think it's it's reared its head again. Yeah. And, and let's just be clear that you're talking about not no matter what in terms of price. If you're only going to move up a couple of spots, as you mentioned, it's an ancillary Make an effort, piece. Make though. an effort, yes. But... Send three, four offers. I'm not talking about, oh, I got to give a future first. I've got to right. you know, mortgage things. But what I'm talking about is if you have three or four players that are worth something, but they're not critical pieces by any means, offer those to move up to two spots. Offer to trade back from 306 to 310 or you know 209 to 211. You know what I mean? Like Try all those avenues. You know, or if you've got excess at, you know, quarterback in a start one or a tight end that really, you know, I can't really see starting him or whatever, like really try all the avenues of ancillary trading because, you're, again, you're not moving up far. Um, and again, it may be a flat tier or unappetizing zone entirely for the, the person you're negotiating with. Right. And, and that's why I wanted to make sure that you were double double perfectly clear to our listeners because sometimes they hear something and can interpret that differently. It doesn't mean go at it with all guns blazing and I've got to move up at whatever cost it costs me. It's ancillary pieces. It's marginal move ups. And if you can't make three or four trade options work, sit pat and play the board. Let the board fall to you because chances are that player will probably fall to you anyway. It, and, and so <laughs> yeah. rather than pay a fortune to move up, and this is where rookie drafts, a lot of people blow it. I see people panicking, and I've seen it in drafts already, where they panic and they think, this guy's going to be gone. And then they end up trading that future first plus something to move up a couple of spots to get their guy. Good for them for having conviction, but they just mortgaged – a good part of their future. The 2021 class isn't as deep, but don't give a discount. I mean, those guys are good. There's going to be some very good players. And it's it's the same thing in, in any draft. Try to have a tier if you can, but if there is a guy that you like, attempt with, with as Chad mentioned, just as many of the different ancillary pieces, guys that may be appealing to somebody else, you're probably going to have to make cuts at some point anyway, so maybe it's a bump up in another round, but make all the attempts in a reasonable price tag range. And when at all possible, and part of this is just you got to keep checking in. You know, if you have two or three, right now I probably have 12 rookie drafts going on at various points. And yes, it's a tracking, I'm not going to say nightmare, uh, but it is it is a lot of work. Now, if you're in a couple drafts, obviously it's easier to check in, but you can't go too long. You know, I mean, maybe if you're sitting at 202 and the draft's at 104, I mean, and you know you're not going to pay, you know, a big sticker to move up five, six, seven, eight picks. But if you're monitoring a player, you know, and you're getting relatively close and you also have to have a sense of ADP, you know, of what's going on in drafts. Um, I actually did a, a three-part series of round one, round two, and round three plus, you know, talking about 
a UTH draft plan talking about the players that you will be considering in those zones after tracking. And thankfully, so many people submitted there early. And what I mean early, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, start points of rookie drafts immediately following the NFL draft, which is now seven, eight, nine days ago. Um, so that's much appreciated to get those data points. And Kitty were, and I were even talking about players that are on the move, you know, things that are different from a week ago. We saw it, I, I believe, the Nick Chubb year, right? I mean, he was going 102 a lot, and then all of a sudden it's three, and then it's four or five. Some people said, oh, I got him at six or seven. Yeah. Like, it, it, like, so things change. It's a moving stock market uh, you know, system in play for player value, uh, even when technically not a ton is going on. You know, there can be drum beats, there can be blurbs and player news. Probably not going to get a lot of blurbs and player news. Uh, this, you know, th- this May and June of rookie rookie camps and OTAs and things like that. But having a sense of where players are going, even if you got a few friends, you know, even if this is not official, collected, you know, here's 12 drafts exactly like yours. Even if you just look, you know, you know some people, you know some other leagues. Heck, you might even be able to just do a search on 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 my fantasy league and find find some leagues that are already drafting with with a little bit of digging. But just just having that sense of, you know, here's kind of the ordering, the general ordering of, of running backs or wide receivers or, you know, the general zones that that arms you with information and information is power. Information is something you can leverage. And like Katie said, then you get a greater sense of confidence of, oh, well, I know I don't need to. I'll just give a, a, a pretty graphic example. You don't have to sit and try to take T Higgins at 107. As a point, you know, he doesn't go there. Where does he go? He goes generally, you know, after three, four, five wide receivers are gone. And that's not at seven. <laughs> you know, at that point, you're at two, you know, or, or something like that. So that's an example of, you know, that if, if you really want him, 112, 201. You know, those are kind of the, the zone. Maybe 111. Maybe he sometimes makes it to 202, 203 or something. But the point is... Like you now have a zone, you know, if you're at six and you also have 12, you don't really have to take them at six. You know, you can take your chances at 12. Maybe you want to bump up one spot or maybe you take your chances because you see um, other other drafts and hey, generally these, these other receivers go ahead of them. So those are all important data points to consider. Um, but again, have a plan. Just like a startup draft, I always like to kind of outline, here's what a successful draft would look like for me. I always put ideas, you know, like, I just looked up, you know, like in this one draft, I have it pulled up right now. Like I have 9, 12, 22, et cetera. And I, and I wrote, you know, a player name or I wrote a, a position uh, that, that is going to likely um, be in the, the crosshairs for me at each of those spots. Now, does it occur exactly like that? Absolutely not. But I just like a startup draft and whether you're highlighting players or creating a plan, all that prep pays off because you know, you, you, you may be thinking of other things. You may just get updates on your phone. You're out and about in three, four, five, six picks. But if you remember that game plan, you remember the players that you were thinking about in that zone, it can really provide clarity when you may need it the most. Absolutely. And one trend that I've seen, Chad, and you can chime in here after, uh, nobody's trading up. People are, are – every league that I've been in, they – announce on chat, hey, I'm willing to trade back a couple spots, hit me up. And then they'll wait, they'll be on the clock for an hour, a couple hours, whatever, and then they'll make their pick. And then the next person up, hey, I'm on the clock, but I got to go pick up my son at the daycare or whatever. And, you know, I'm willing to trade back a couple spots, hit me up. 
and nothing happens. People aren't trading up because it is so deep and there's so many targets. And to a certain extent, it's still a little bit of Wild West out there. And you, you're not 100% sure where people are going to fall. There's a, a fairly good track record by now. But it, it, there's always that one rogue guy that, that makes puts a little mud in, in the water or whatever. But because people aren't trading up, that's why people will take less. If they if they still see that they've got five guys and you're willing to move up two spots and give a marginal bump later, most often they're not getting a better offer than that and they'll take it. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Again, I, I would just say you got you to keep dialed in and rogue things happen. I mean, I've seen almost as much variance as I could have possibly expected. I actually thought there'd be a lot, a little more wide receivers breaking into the, those top five running backs that, that many times go in a, just a block one through five in a one quarterback format that I, I saw CD lamb, you know, kind of be there at four one time. I think I saw two, I think I saw Judy and lamb go in the top five to where then you bump out, you know, a, a running back. And I think the other one was Dobbins out in that six, seven zone, which is not commonplace. So you see some, you know, obviously some gray area, you know, and obviously as you get to the second round, there's a lot more variance of who's going to take, you know, in the late second round, uh, bumping some of those guys out to the third round that, you know, maybe you expect them to go at mid second. You know, I, I was, I was telling Katie before the show, I mean, it's weird. Denzel Mims is one that sometimes he goes, 110, 111, you know, as wide receiver three, sorry, wide receiver four or five. And then sometimes you see him all the way out. I took a share at 206, something like that. And I, again, I'm not the biggest fan, um, but I think that is, uh, you're getting good, uh, a good profile out there in the mid second when, again, it works with maybe some of your other target players. But just seeing a, a range of like a half a round, a full half a round, uh, that tight to the top. It's not like we're talking, you know, early third versus mid to late third uh, with a with a different player later on where you see a, a heck of a lot of variance. I think, especially after the top 25, Katie, I have just, it's all over the board. Like I, I am not surprised when any ordering of players after the late second start going. Any single player, it doesn't shock me. I've seen Devin Asiasi go at like 25. I've also seen him be there at 45. It's amazing. Yeah, and one of our listeners... Uh, talked to me on Twitter this week and was asking me a question about what do you do when you're in a start one quarterback league and the other teams just hoard the crap out of quarterbacks, just like as if it's an, a super flex. Like, what do yeah. you do? And he had like a 107 or 108. And then I think he had a, a couple, like he might have had 112 and then some seconds and, and like plenty of seconds. He goes, would you take Joe Burrow at 108 because they hoard? And I said, no, absolutely not. Be patient. If you're in a league where all the owners and, and you know, they weren't even the deepest rosters. I think it was like a 28-man roster, 25, 28-man roster. That's not deep enough. And a lot of people have three, four quarterbacks it, rostered, yeah, which is just Or five or six, which yeah. is absolutely incredibly crazy. Like backups. No NFL back. Well, okay, maybe one or two NFL backups <laughs> should be rostered in a format like yeah, that. Yeah, that's exactly. So I said, do not take Joe Burrow in the first. Don't even be tempted. I said, if if for some reason you don't get a quarterback later in the rookie draft, there's always next year. 
you're not starting will, a quarterback yeah, right now. Well, you're not, especially that early. Especially that early. I mean, this is different if because if they all go early. But hey, what if you can get you know Justin Herbert at two twelve? Like that's more. That's more tolerable in terms of the opportunity cost than at 108 getting Joe well, ex- and that's so can what you I get someone later and that's what yeah. I was that's what I was going to say is you are missing on a incredibly talented first round wide receiver or uh whoever at the right. 108 and and that's not you want the best player on your team the best player available Joe Burrow is not that in a start one quarterback league. Be patient. Whoever your quarterback is right now, you've got one of them. I get it. Kirk Cousins, he's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you have to take a zero at quarterback for his one bye week, take a zero at quarterback the one bye week. But do you really honestly think that between now and freaking October or November when the season starts, maybe September, hopefully, but – there will be some quarterback. Somebody that gets will. Whether whether Justin up. Herbert falls in the draft, which is typical, late second, mid third, somewhere around there. But in this league, that might they might go mid second, and they know? might. But again, if they right. do, then that gives you another better Just chip. Let them. And I said, even if even if you have to, you know, make a decision in September. Okay, I've got a trade for a Matt Stafford or a Matt Ryan. Fine. You've got 11 other owners that are hoarding quarterbacks that would love to get their hands on something because they're never going to start that guy. And there's going to be somebody that will trade you for a reasonable price. You say no right now. You say it's not happening. But wait them out. Be patient. And you're fine with the one quarterback. I've made it through an entire season with one quarterback I had Andy Dalton for half a season. I dropped him when he wasn't starting, and I picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick for the rest of the season and ended up winning the league. And then this year, in that league where they hoard quarterbacks like there's no tomorrow, I got Joe Burrow in like the early third round, and I'm fine. They, for some reason, didn't hoard rookie quarterbacks. In another league where I had one quarterback where they just drafted the crap out of him during the startup, I ended up getting Justin Herbert at 308, 307. And so, again, Justin Herbert's a first-round quarterback from the NFL, and I got him at 307, and I I had plenty of first-round picks where I got my Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers, and now I'm feeling pretty solid. Yeah. So just be patient. We, 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 could, we could say it every we could say it every week. Your team needs good players, right. and we're not saying Joe Burrow can't be a good player. But at but that price format, tag, at that price, but tag. playing the format and comparative options at other positions, your your team you're doing a disservice by artificially because of scarcity or because because of league scarcity is the thing that's being referenced here that. Again, you ha- like I thought you were actually going to say like they had Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, and somebody else. Like they legitimately may not be able to piecemeal together a quarterback, but they have Kirk Cousins, yeah. and you may not like it when he throws nine passes in a in a rogue game from from time to time. But again, he is an auto start for you, obviously. But you have a a, a fine quarterback, and I think people also overstate unless you have you know that big year those top two, three quarterbacks. Who's having the big years? Lamar Jackson, you know, Patrick Mahomes has had one. But other than that, 
it's a lot flatter than I think a lot of people think. Yep. And the quarterbacks have, you mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick had a number of big games. Look what Fitzpatrick and, you know, Jameis Winston through losses a couple years ago were doing in Tampa. Just, you know, oh, someone's starting this week, someone's starting the other week. Um, so it doesn't have to always look pretty uh, in terms of a team winning games or, you know, they can they can be runners. They can guy, be guys that throw big interceptions and yet still put up quality fantasy numbers. So I would just be looking. And again, you even don't want to have a lot of roster spots in, say, 28 eight-ish, you know, depth uh, uh, towards quarterback. Other teams that have 20, you know, four or five quarterbacks on their roster in that depth, that is optimization suicide, I think, because you're giving up some primary backup injury array running backs. You're probably going to want to have a second or third tight end. I can't imagine having, say, four quarterbacks and three tight ends in 28-man roster. That's, I mean, you're giving up so many chances at other positions. Absolutely. Um, and, it, you know, you're letting the league dictate your own actions. And it shouldn't your own, be that your way. Own, your own roster allocation. Exactly. You have to be the owner of your team. And don't worry so much about the other 11 owners. Because eventually... Well, don't worry about the November bye week, first well, of all. It, right. I mean, right. We're not setting lineups yet. So let's start by, by, okay, a lineup's coming. And guess what? If you get all the way to your... Say, say Kirk Cousins has a week nine bye then well, what are you going to do if you're two and eight? I'm sorry, two and six. That was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> two and six. I mean, are you going to care? About, be honest. You're not going to care about the bye week at two and six. Exactly. So this is only if you're competitive, you get all the way there. Now I don't have a quarterback. You've been actually looking, keeping your eyes open, aware, uh, you know, throughout the preseason. Was there an injury? Is there an ambiguous depth chart, uh, you know, through injuries? And guess what? Then you can just bid waiver dollars. You can bid that monopoly money of waiver dollars if you actually get all the way. You can explore some trades, as Katie outlined. By the time you, there's going to be so many things that happen between now and when the non-injury, I actually need a quarterback because Kirk Cousins isn't there for me. Situation is 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 one of my biggest. And points. and the final point that I want to add to this is, what do you think the odds are that eleven owners are going to make it through the summer? And not drop one of their quarterbacks when it comes time for final roster cuts. One of the it'll worst be like, quarterbacks right, in the it, league. Right, it'll be Terod Taylor, it'll be somebody, but they'll drop a starting quarterback and you can pick them up. What do you think the odds are that there won't be somebody that has to well, end no, by up... by the time you right. need them. Don't even say or b- even, over the summer. Say by the time you or, actually need one. Exactly. But you need the perfect... So the, there's only one scenario. We talked about the, all this all, like with a trade or something. Like... There's only one scenario where this doomsday occurs, which is I am contending. I really need my quarterback this week. He's not there, and there are zero options on the waiver wire, and everyone wants three first-round picks for their quarterback. There you go. That's the one doomsday scenario. And that's assuming you didn't find someone of value, of note, at a uh, at a, a, a an okay acceptable price in your rookie draft it's assuming as as Katie said again all those things going up to that moment and Kirk Cousins gets injured or you got the bye week and here you go or he's underperforming or whatever that's the one scenario where you get totally hosed other than that you'll find and, a way. and here's okay I am gonna add one more point so let's say that right. Kirk Cousins gets hurt and you end up having a really bad year you've got two really good quarterbacks that if rather than use the 108 in this year's draft on a Joe Burrow who we think 
is going to be good, but do you think he's going to be a superstar fantasy-wise? I don't. I think he's going to be a good... You might use 105 next year for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields Exactly. Or that's the whole point is, you know... And Katie will have less of an issue with it because the other positions won't be quite as well, good. Well, the other so. positions won't be quite as good. The draft won't be quite as deep. And those and quarterbacks, quarterbacks are going to be the kind of guys yep. that you do want to put money yep. on. I think Joe's going to end up an average Joe when it comes to the end of the day. Like, he's going to be a decent <laughs> starting quarterback in yep. the league, hopefully for a long, long time. But fantasy-wise, a lot of quarterbacks, yeah. fantasy-wise a lot of I don't quarterbacks think he's going to make successful. a difference. Right. A lot of quarterbacks are successful NFL-wise where, you know, they, they, they plug along. They're starters for a good stretch of time. But you know what? Fantasy-wise, they pretty much level off as QB2s. And that's it's okay, but it also doesn't move the needle. So, And that's, that's what I've been saying about Superflex. I mean, if you get, say, two straight years of quarterback, let's say, 15 to 22 out of Joe Burrow, are you really going to view that 101, 102 selection as a win? I doubt it. Right. And you make this point all the time. I mean, especially in this class, if you're passing up some of those blue chippers at other positions and Burrow comes out and you needed quarterback or you think the that it has a high positional value in your league and you take him for those reasons and he does that for 24 months, that to me is a sickening. I think that's going to be a sickening feeling. And I think the odds of that are pretty high. Um, all right. Uh, I had one other thing written down uh, just in your neck of the woods, Katie, of uh, B- Bill Belichick. I thought of this uh, the other day because I start, you know, when, when some of these drafts were going on, you know, some of them were orphan situations where, you know, I haven't been a part of the league until, you know, a couple months ago, you know, taking up the le- league and now I get to reshape it with, with rookie picks, did some trading, but the waiver wire has been closed. Uh, there's many uh, leagues that have waiver wires that were closed as of the end of last season. And I think one thing you have to do, first of all, I mean, sometimes it's a rookie-only, very specific and rigid format uh, for your annual draft. But other times, veterans are allowed to be you know, drafted. And I think it's you need to at least go through there. Um, you can go on uh, My Fantasy League, for example. You can go to View All Free Agents. You can sort it by ownership rate if you just want a kind of a quick fire. You can look through the whole list if you want. Um, you can also look, you know, maybe late, late rookie picks. You know, if you're if you're looking for some rookies that uh, maybe you're not familiar outside the top 30 or 40 players, and you just want to kind of lay at the land. Um, but it has a lot of uses that singular list. And I just wrote down here: be the Bill Belichick of the waiver wire in your league, because if you do some sleuth work, like for example, in one of my leagues, someone dropped Greg Olson today. I have one decent tight end. Greg Olson, I think, could be the early season. We'll see about with Bill Disley, but um, I think there's there's plenty of upside in a, a swan song type scenario with Russell Wilson. So Greg Olson is someone I'm interested in to pick up. Uh, Hayden Hurst was out there in plenty of leagues to end last year. Is he available in your annual draft? Is that someone you could consider when you get to the later second, third round? Uh, you know, he is someone that I think has top ten upside. Teddy Bridgewater, not so much in a super flex, but in a start one, he could have been available late last season and maybe. You know, he was not picked up in those final weeks when, you know, the, the waiver wire is closing, you know, and shuttering for the winter and, and early springtime. So those are some examples I wrote down. But what do all those players have in common? Pedigree. 
They've done something in the past. You wouldn't be surprised if they do something in the future. Um, looking for pedigree, and, and that's sort of the Bill Belichick method, right? We'll give people a tryout. What can they do? Can we scrub up this uh, this item that was at a yard sale, but previously was owned by someone you know that has a very very good income, you know, or someone that that's that's well off, but now it's at a distressed and discounted rate. Um, I think that's really applicable to at least check out, and even if you can't draft him in the rookie draft at least have them on your watch list, at least be aware of them going into when waivers are going to run. Yeah, and while you've got all kinds of free time, now is as good a time as any if you haven't already. We're in the 2020 season. Build your watch list. Look at the waivers. See who's available. If you've got an upcoming rookie draft, are there any target players? Because a lot of times it's any free agent as well as rookie. Like, I have a question. Where would you put Rob Gronkowski in this class? Would you take him in the early third or late second? Yeah. Like, I was going to ask you the yeah. same question because Gronk is out there at a decent amount. I would put him behind Hayden Hurst if he if Hayden Hurst is available because um, I see more upside and, and longer legs to, to his impact and, and role. But Gronk, you know, he's an interesting one that I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it past him to put up eight to ten touchdowns. Uh, now, I think it's going to be more of a – Block. I, I think he's going to have value as a blocker. I think he's going to. I, I don't think you know the the high you know top three tight end season is really in play for him per se with all the competition for targets and the fact that they may you know not have him on the field just sheer sheer snaps enough. I don't know your thoughts on that, but I think he's I think he's going to be someone that absolutely you know touchdown upside any given week and maybe multi touchdown upside with perfect storm weeks. But uh, but I think he's going to level off if you look at the aggregate for the year. Uh, it's probably going to be in that you know maybe tight end eight to sixteen kind of range, and he'll certainly have some moments where he's in the top three or four for the week. Yeah, uh, I I would agree with that assessment and. Uh, he is an, he's going to yeah, be an if, interesting if you, if, player. If you have questions, if you if you have tight end by committee, if you don't have, and even if you just have maybe one guy and, you know, you got a couple others where who knows, uh, depending on your depth. But yeah, Gronk, I think when you get to the third round and, you know, I would have Hayden Hurst a little closer to the later second round. And, and these are the types of names, you know, and Gronk is a, a great mention to add on to some of the names I mentioned just offhand back of the napkin that, that again, be aware, you know, go through that list. It, it's almost like, it's also fun. Cause it's like window shopping. Maybe you don't see anything, but it's also, you know, you put it on the watch list and whether you're on your, on your phone, you know, away from, away from your, your home base or home environment or however you track your drafts, you at least have it on a watch list. You can at least pull it up relatively quickly um, so that you don't have to, to surf. Cause not, not always in the drop down, who's the, best player available deemed by some software um, that doesn't always reveal who your best players available are. Um, Katie, I wanted to ask a couple, a couple things here, kind of rapid fire to, uh, to, to, for a closing segment that uh, Tim and I talked about some, some interesting twists to, um, to maybe add or explore or try out. And to my knowledge, none of these exist in, in dynasty. And I wanted your kind of skeptical analytical, <laughs> Like, like, dig, unearth these, these of what is the, pro, what are the potential problems that I have thought of a few quibbles that maybe make this non-workable, but, but tell me, cause we always look for like, where's the loophole? Like, how can you leverage this? And it's maybe not in the way you intend when you apply something new. 
So one of them, I thought that, again, I think potential points work well for anti-tanking. Um, I think that pretty much clears it up. If you want to shed points, you got to trade them. <laughs> you want to trade them, start your lineup, because uh, your record uh, of a win-loss has no impact on the non-playoff teams and how they sit uh, in the draft order. So I like that personally, but uh, I thought of a twist. If you f- Now, here I'll say the loophole, but I want all your potential loopholes first. If you finish last in a league, so you got a 12-team, 14, whatever it is. How about this for incentive, Katie? If you finish last, that's it. You're out of the league, and we replace you. It's like it's like an eliminator, but we're going to bring somebody else in. Thank you for your service. You're going to get people competing at the end of the year because maybe they don't want to be out of the league uh, without their choosing. Boy, that's harsh. I would I – would, It is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't tank for sure. Well, you can't tank. Um, I I don't know. I even with with all of the anti-tanking rules and and I'm not a big fan or proponent of of potential points for different reasons. Oh, you won't. Not really. Um, okay. But because for one thing, it, you you could end up really being the worst team. But part of that is just because you picked the wrong guy to start and you had a guy on your bench that if it were best ball, yeah, he would, but you, nobody ever would have started him. And, right. and so that, that screws you. And, and it doesn't mean that you're tanking. Nobody would have started that dude. And they end up, you know, if you've got good rookie players that are just young and developing, potential points can end up messing you up because you're not going to start the rookie over a veteran in 99 times out of 100, but yet they go off that week and it makes you look bad in potential points. Um, I I thought of two things with this. First of all, well, if you have the deluge of injuries... Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's not your fault. Right. What if three of your top five players in your startup draft miss most or chunks of or the year? Or one guy retires all on sudden, you all of a sudden out sure. of the blue. And what if you're... And so that really wasn't your fault. Right. And and now you're you're really operating as a skeleton squad to to try to piecemeal something together, and you will have an uphill battle battle most weeks. The other thing I thought of, so my initial thought of this was like, wow, how cool would it be? Because you're getting a new owner in there, and they're going to have the 101. But here's what I think would happen: you get to the midseason, and you would have all the bad teams trading their picks away to not finish last. Like it would actually probably create more imbalance of the league because then you'd have, uh, who knows? It'd be a it'd be a buyer's market for for those those high future picks because the teams are trying not to to finish last, and one of the one of the big capitals would be leveraging talent for two contenders, two stronger teams at the moment, or high high uh, projected first round picks and other picks in the round for players that can help now to help them survive and finish third from last. So that that would be another thing I would Yeah, thinking. and and it it's just it's not a good I don't think it's a good dynasty. Okay. Let's I, let's yeah. move on. Let's move on. Okay, I have one more that I wanted the Katie uh, stamp of approval or you have been <laughs> denied uh, stamp. All right, so this this is a cool one that I think you're going to have less problems with. Maybe there's more problems though, you never know. I call this the double league. So you're going to have the same owners in two identical leagues. And so you got 12 owners over here, 12 owners over there, same 12. And wh- you can you can st- you can have whatever 
uh, you can have the same prizes in both leagues. You can have one that is considered more valuable and one that's less valuable per se. You can have a giant bonus prize if you win both or if you hit, hit certain markers like, hey, if you make the playoffs in both, you get a bonus prize. Maybe if you get to the finals in both or if you win both, you get additional prizes. And here's the interesting twist. You can trade between your two teams. So are you going to try to stack one team versus the other? Are you going to try to be balanced and win both? You could create a structure that makes it interesting on how team, how owners approach their two rosters. But at any point in time, hey, you're weaker at quarterback over here. Maybe you want to shift a quarterback over there. Um, what are your thoughts on that? There's a, a number of different facets and uh, tentacles to this. Yeah, there are, because how do you keep track of players? Like if you trade... Uh, a Joe Burrow or XYZ player sure. from one league to the other. Now there's two copies of them in the other and zero in this other one. Um, I'm in I'm in some leagues where we have a ladder type. You go up and down the ladder based on how you finish, and there's multiple copies of players up to a maximum of a certain number of them, and that works out all right, but there's some forced trading in the offseason as you move up and down the ladder now, if you have the third copy of Travis Kelsey, you have to trade him during the trade window or else drop him. And that's... How many conferences are there? Or six. how many total There's, copies could you have? You could, well, you no. could have four or five copies no. in one? No, no, no. I'm saying no. that in each league, there's a maximum number of copies. So let's say there's two right. maximum in this one league and you happen to move up to that league in the next season and you've got the third copy of XYZ player, Travis Kelsey or whoever, you right. have a trade window, but you've got to get rid of him in that one month trade window or you've got to drop him. You're going to move and up. To, I remember you telling me about yeah. this before where you're like, well, I'm trading him to a different conference and I can do it within these teams or whatever. Like it's very restrictive. It is restricted sort because of like the, to, to balance it back Right, out. because who you get for him also can't be already copied too many times in the league. Right. So there's a so you're big... You're trying to find a good Right, fit. there's a good matrix. It's like, how do I get good top value? You want to be one of the first ones to make the trade instead of one of the last ones. I don't remember too many stud players that that ended up getting drafted, but it also puts a, a premium on the rookie draft, the rookie free agent draft, because let's say that you draft a developmental rookie and they don't develop in year one, they're worth nothing. And you go to a new league, you like the guy, but now he's the third copy. You've got to trade him for squad Italy, squad douche. Like Damien, like Damien. Hey, exactly. Or you've got to drop him, him for or you've got to drop right. him. And even Alexander Madison, somebody that looked good and had flashes. Now, He's worth nothing. Nobody wants to trade for him. You you do have five other leagues to potentially trade with, which makes that nice. But people know that you're kind of under a barrel too, because you're not gonna you're gonna have to drop him at that certain point. So they they play a little bit hardball. And anyway, to get back to your question, double leagues with the same owners, you can trade with your own team. I don't know. I just I don't know that I like okay. that well, concept to I, begin with. Okay. To- I would be open, but I think it would be interesting because, well, what if four or five teams try to stack their one of their teams? Well, does that mean you focus more on going the other way? 
you know, even if maybe the prize pool is a little lower or um, you just kind of always are assessing maybe the, the competition level or something like that. And I also think it's interesting because, well, it may reduce trading too uh, with your league mates because now you're trading with yourself. Yeah. You know, and am I strong at tight end here, but weak over here? Do I have two guys? Did I hit on Mark Andrews? Now I can deal this other guy over there. But yeah. how shady is it? You trade all your good players to team A and you let... That's shady. What no, if a, I, a, you don't think another team would do that in a 12th I understand that, but you trade all of your good players <laughs> to your team a and then you get the team 101 a. rookie pick with your other team and then once you get that exactly. team, and now you're trading back i don't know i just don't i don't like that idea no i got it no i no trust me i'm not saying like these are things that like implement immediately and in five years they're going to be like oh I, we see it all the time i was just you know this is these are two of the ones that i was that i wanted the katie uh feedback on just because it was uh it was ones that I thought were interesting that I haven't heard people discuss. One other thing. What, oh, actually, one other wild card. All right, we'll finish with this. <laughs> okay. Katie, what do you think? What do you think? Because the fantasy typically ends like we we even have quibbles about playing in week seventeen. You know, playing in the right. last week of the regular yeah. season, which now is actually going to move to eighteen. You know, in I think it's in twenty twenty one where we're going to play an additional game. So. Usually, you know, again, uh, people stop playing, you know, before the end of the NFL season. What do you think to incorporate a little more NFL to it and maybe a little bit more reward for having playoff teams or players that, that go all the way to the Super Bowl, et cetera, that total points, for example, goes all the way through. You accumulate points in addition in the playoffs. What do you think about a twist of some smaller prize on an annual basis and it continues on into January, et cetera. I think if it's designed right, it could be fun, but it would have to be, it would have to be designed right. Okay. Cause that would obviously give some more interest the longer it goes into the playoffs. Yeah. You know, that, that you actually have, have scoring you have, and there would be some incentive to have players on better teams. That would be some assessment you're making, even if it's not a, a huge one and maybe just a tiebreaker type situation. All right. Uh, final thoughts, Katie, uh, it, you can go back to, uh, to anything or a new topic, uh, but share with listeners your great dynasty knowledge. The main thing that I've seen, and it, it's, it bears repeating, especially with such a strong class People, even sane people, lose sight of and get rookie fever to the point where they're trading Mike Evans for the 103 or they're trading Joe Mixon for the 105 or they're doing something to their roster detrimental to their roster's health. And yes, there's a bunch of good players, but you're not growing them organically if you're trading studs for them. You're not gaining if you're trading one of your best players unless you get multiple uh you know parts in that deal to make it so worth your while and but i don't see that happening and i do see people just getting the rookie fever and even in the middle of the second round or even third round people taking like darren waller and moving up two spots from 210 to 208 like, that, to me, is not the kind of move that you want to make, even if you like the guy. I don't think that Darren Waller is considered an incidental piece. And so just be patient, stay the course, have your draft board. If you've got lots of picks, either pick or, or make good trades that will help your team. 
But if you have already traded your picks for whatever reason, don't sell the farm just to get these new guys. Yeah, that's a great point. Rookie fever is hot. And yes, you know, in the current climate, you should be taking your temperature more regularly than you were a year ago. But at uh, rookie fever time, you want to make sure you stay in the uh, double digits firmly, firmly in the double digits there with your temperature check on the rookies. Great stuff, Katie. She is at FF underscore Skyler 399. I am at Chad Parsons NFL. Reminder about utshdynasty.com and all of its offerings from premium podcasts to a mobile app to get all those premium 250, 300 shows this year. In addition to this weekly show, there's a UTH trade calculator that's going to be with you 24-7 to help you make better trades and to evaluate uh, deals that you're considering. Also, you're going to get forward-looking and dynasty-building metrics and rankings and do want to mention that tim torch and i do a featured podcast i do some bonus material over at patreon.com slash uth and there is a uth vip chat where i'm in there and they've got tons of dynasty diehards talking player value rookie drafts startup drafts at pretty much every hour of the day which is awesome a little addictive but it's awesome uh, if you want to go into that rabbit hole and become a vip so great stuff there we'll be back next week we're actually pushing towards 500 episodes of this weekly show if you can imagine that i lose track from time to time but we're chugging along i think it's going to be later this year just checking here 456 is this show um so can't it's i can't believe it's been that long but honestly it's like a lot of things where you go huh can't really remember time before that when was i not pressing record weekly i think it actually started out on wednesday night maybe and now it's tuesday it's been on monday occasionally uh but again we're rocking tuesday and it's been that way uh 90 something percent of weeks for for years now um so katie great to have you in the co-captain chair i am chad parsons until next time never settle refuse to be average and keep building those dynasties <laughs>